Hello and welcome to the Lobby of Movie Theater Time Machine and welcome back my friend Larry Hankin. The book is out, That Guy, a cautionary memoir, I have mine right here, by Larry oh. Hankin and stories and I gotta say man, you know, I read through the majority of this, this is a wicked page turner really fast and a lot of stories come up, but I also turned to fans and I asked to see if they could, if they had questions for you as well. And they had some really, really super interesting ones, but um, we want to jump on into that. Um, it's cool. There's some similarities I saw to um, another book that came out with another celebrity, although this was told to me, I don't remember it, but were there... Um, were there any odd jobs that you had to, you had to take when you first got out to California? I mean, other than than acting or, or odd yeah. acting jobs. Other than yeah, it's other than acting jobs, like while you were waiting for gigs, you like wait tables typically, like everybody else did, or no, I I refused to do that. I, I would rather I I I, I did I, I starved rather than take another job. I, mean, uh, it, I, I, I I would use it as you know sort of I mean it, it became a game with me. It, 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 I don't take it much seriously, seriously, seriously. So right, and I thought you know I got to get another job to fill in here because I'm not getting enough acting jobs. And I thought, no, I, I, I'd rather see if I can just make it through until the next one comes along. So I, I made it into a game, and I thought, no, I, I basically, I'd rather starve than than take a, a different job. And I, you know, there's also a practicality to it in that if you take another job and then you get an audition, how do you leave the job to go to the audition or to? do the job, yeah. and if you get the job, if you get the acting job, can you come back to the job? Yeah. So there's that, you know, situation going on. So, you know, to put it all in, in one bowl of wax so I wouldn't have to think too much, I said, it's easier to start. Yeah. I mean, that's basically my outlook on life. I, I, I It takes a lot for me to do something I don't want to do. I mean, if I don't want to do it, man, that's it. Uh, I'll die first. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the last time you and I talked, we uh, talked about the uh, when you were stuffing shrimp in a Carl Gottlieb suit jacket. Was there a time you had Oh, that, that's way back. That's when I first started <laughs> in show business. Yeah. Now, was there a time when you got out to Hollywood that oh, you that, yeah. out as well? No, once what happened was I left college. Yeah, and I, I had a degree in industrial design, and I didn't want to do it. I they they flew me to Ford Motor Company, flew me to Detroit with a lot of other A students. I was an A student uh, from all around the country. Yeah. It was eight eight universities sent the two of their uh, no eight universities sent one student. Mm. To go to a Ford Motor Company, they flew them in to Detroit, and really, what it was was an audition to work and design cars for Ford Motor Company, wow. and, and the Ford and and the car companies in Detroit had first shot 
at graduates for, of industrial design. In, in other words, if you were a college and you said, hey, we want to, you know, they would pay for it. Yeah, it was cool with the colleges uh, that Detroit wanted. So I when it, I went I there, it. I didn't like it. I, I I just, every time I opened my mouth, I said something that was wrong. Right. That, you know, hey, oh, you know, like, uh, oh, you like that design that, uh, you know, you like that. No, I thought it's pretty, I didn't, I didn't, you know, well, the head of the department designed that. Well, I was expecting more from Ford Motor Company than this. And wow. he just said, and, and he, yeah, exactly. And he, the guy yeah. just looked at me. It was one of the designers who was assigned yeah. to guide us this day. He just looked at me and he said, you don't want to work here, do you? Yeah. I said, well, no. I mean, you know, I mean, I was very frank. I, I there's no animosity. Yeah, right. No. Yeah. I was just, no, uh, no, I, I don't. I, I was expecting more. So I, that shut me when he said, you don't want to work here, do you? I thought, well, there's nothing that I can say if I ever worked here that would be okay. Right. I, I would be just dissing everything. Right. So, right. you know, once I got the gist of what was going on here and I decided I, I don't want to be a designer. This is this is bullshit. Um, I just shut up, you know, for the rest of the tour. And then when uh, they, they came to this uh, cafeteria, well, it was a restaurant. It looked like an uptown New York posh nightery. I imagine so, yeah. Really cool. Yeah. So they said, and this is the dining room, you know. So I, and I was really impressed. I mean, it looked really cool, man, very expensive. So I said, you know, I exclaimed. I said, wow, man, oh, this is cool. So we, we can just eat breakfast, dinner, lunch here? So he said, oh, no, 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 this is for the executives. You can't, you wouldn't be able to eat here. And I just lost it, man. I just, what do you mean? Say, so why, why are you showing this to us? If we can't eat here, that's the point. You know, right. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And, got, and he just shook his head. He didn't say anything. Everybody yeah. asked, all the other seven students, were going, what, what's wrong with you? Don't you get it? You know, shut up. We want to work here. <laughs> so <laughs> I just took the hint and I just kept quiet. And then when we went back, everybody flew back to their own colleges. Mm. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. This is not they're hiring Larry Hankin. They're hiring a representative of Syracuse University. I represent the school here. But that was too late. I had yeah. all my shots. So when I got back to Syracuse, the head of the department said, you know, what, what went on there? I go, what do you mean? He said, well, I prefer not to work with you. <laughs> I said, well, that's cool, man, because I don't want to work with them. So it worked out fine. But, you know, he was kind of pissed because the reputation of the industrial design department was kind of screwed for a little while. I don't know. I, I, but this was very close to graduation. The, 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 that. So when graduation came, I went to Carl Gottlieb, who wrote Jaws. Yep. He was my, my buddy back then. He, he was uh, in the drama department. Yeah. So we hung out together, and then I said, where are you going there when you graduate? We're going to graduate at the same time. He said, I'm going to go to Greenwich Village and become a writer. And I said, you want a roommate? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. So that's what I did. So that's one screwed up job. Then the second one, which is that's, I guess, what this 
person wanted to know was I uh, bust bars uh, from uh, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. after last call yeah. to, uh, to to uh, 6 a.m. when the chef came in. It was a bar and grill. So the yeah. day chef came in at 6 to prep. And he let me out. They locked me in. And I had to, you know, clean up the peanut shells and straighten up the chairs and clean up the bar. And, it, it you know, it, it wasn't $75,000 a year like Detroit. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it paid half the rent Yeah. Uh, in Greenwich Village in 1960. And I did that for a while, but I, so I had, but that got me into show business because I had my nights free until 2 a.m. My, my day and nights free while I slept during the day. And then I would get up around 2 in the afternoon, I guess, or something like that. Paul would be gone. He'd be working. And so I just spent the day hang, hanging out in Greenwich Village. And that night I'd go to the coffee houses and I'd see these funny guys on stage. And I thought, well, I was a funny guy in high school. I can do that, yeah. you know, until, until 2 a.m. And then I have to go work. Yeah. So that's what I, that's how I got into show business. I the, you know, you get three open mic nights, you know, now it's, now it's called the moth. Yeah. And then it was open mic nights. And now in L.A., which is where I am now, yeah. um, there's these moth things all over the place. So last night, I went to a moth pipe. They, they, they don't call them the moths now. It's just, I guess, open mic nights. I don't know what they call it. They call it, it was called NDA night. Yeah. And now NDA means non-disclosure agreement. So it was about show business. In other words, you know, those specialized things. This one that I went to last night, which was basically an open mic night and instead of uh, three minutes they gave you ten minutes so there was five people yeah, five people to get on the stage uh, and, and it was just about show business any kind of so there were all actors the, 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 the audience was all you know acting either actors or producers or uh, not for the business just to hear stories about show business you know, uh, open mic night uh, about show called NDA. So I went last night, and I had a holy cow! It's, it's the sixties. This is what I started with. This is, you know, and I figured at two a.m. I gotta go clean up the bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It really is like a full circle. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling my dad, I said, you know, this is bizarre, man. She says, what? You know, what, what's going on? Yeah. I said, this is where I started in 1960. And they said, you know, in a small room, you know, it only had about, uh, you know, 75 people. It was packed, yeah. you know, just chairs and a little stage and a microphone, and, you know, and they had 10 minutes each. And I said, holy cow, man. So... She said, well, do you want to do it again? And I said, well, yeah. I mean, that was the, the most fun until I, you know, my, my roommate left. Carl yeah. left to go into the Army. And I had to pay all the rent, which I couldn't do. So I had to get a better job and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got into acting. and yeah. So that, the answer to the question was, yeah, I did have, have two weird, one was a weird job. And that was the open mic, uh, the bar. 
And then the other one was uh, an audition for, you know, uh, Detroit. But I just walked out on that one. Dang, so, wow. but, but those are the only two. And then other than that, when I came to L.A., because I got into Second City from there. And then yeah. uh, uh, improv in, in in San Francisco. So I never really had to do a second job after open mic nights. I just started to work in and show business. Yeah. I'm curious, dude, did that affect your work ethic? I'm just like, okay, I've got to keep working and just pick a job. I know some actors we've interviewed that say, you know, we don't they don't get a choice on who they, you know, or what role they take. They just get what their agent gives them. Does that affect Well, yeah, I mean in the beginning you have to do that, but but yeah. since I thought I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. If you think you want to be an actor, you want to be an actor. Yeah. If you say that, I am an actor or I want to be an actor. Yeah. Sentence the supposition within the person thinking that thought, I want to be an actor, I'm, I am an actor. The supposition locked into that is, I will take any job that I have to audition for, and I will audition mm. for anything. It's just, it's it's one thing. Yeah. I want to be an actor, you, got, you, you have to just audition anything. It's part yeah. of that sentence. Yeah. But after about a couple of months doing that, then the reality of <clears throat> this is the shits, man. What are you kidding? You know, I got to uh, drive out to the. I got to interrupt my day. See, I I took auditions. I'm not an actor. I never wanted to be an actor. I took it because I needed the money to pay the rent, which is all the drive of anybody who wants a job. Is it right. just a job? I had no glamour about it. No kidding about it. It was. I found that. I didn't want to bust bars anymore. It, it was too labor intensive. I had no friends because I slept during the day and I worked at night. Yeah. Um, and and uh, all I had was this three minutes on stage at, you know, like 12 midnight or from 8 p.m. to 12 midnight doing that. So I still don't want to be an actor. I never wanted to be an actor. So it was no special thing to me. It was, a, this is like, a temp job. Yeah. Only, you know, I kept on saying, this is what kept me going. You know, they say, you know who really, remember who Willie Loman is? You know, he robbed banks. He was a yeah. famous bank robber in the, yeah. in the 50s. Yeah. And he was captured finally. But he robbed a lot of banks. And yeah. he became famous. This guy called Willie Loman was robbing another bank. And then he finally got captured. And, and somebody said, you know, to just, his chain, I guess, in an interview in jail, they said, uh, you know, wh why do you rob banks? You know, well, what's what's that all about? And he said, because that's where the money is. And it was this, that, that phrase became famous. And he became famous for saying that. Yeah. And um, what kept me going was, you know, whenever I had to do an audition, and I didn't want to be an actor. I just needed the money, and this is yeah. a way to get money. You just audition, and you get a job. And so I kept the, what kept me going was, Willie, would you rob banks even if the money was there? If you had to audition every time you wanted to rob a bank? And that's, 
<laughs> I'm sure he would say no. But I, yeah, I had to. So that's what that's what kept me going. Just that that joke to myself. I never told it to anybody. I just, that's good. Willie, telling us that's great. I know. A lot of questions came up. Well, but, but that was the truth, man. Yeah. You know, I guess this you, is what the money is. But I have the ambition for it. You know, yeah. Willie, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I so uh, I'm about a couple of years ago, about five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. At some point, you don't want to audition. You want to just get the job. And you can right. say that, you know, hey, look, I have all these jobs. You know, that's why you yeah. called me. So or my agent, you know, got yeah. me in. So I didn't have to audition. And that was kind of cool. So it made it better. So it was like a little perk. Oh, yeah. I'm good enough to I don't have to audition anymore. They yeah. just call me and say, hey, can you do this? Or do you want to do this? That was a second. That was a second perk. Yeah. You know, are you free to do this? Wow, I don't have to audition. No, no. Are you free to do this? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. That's that's a big perk. And then the next one is, do you want to do this? Right. Well, no, no, I don't want to do that. Whoa. And then you thought, wow. Hey, I'm really an actor. They're asking me, and I can turn because one of one of the um. Things my agent told me, he told me some wise things throughout my time with him uh, when they retired. But he said, um, uh, well, well, let's see, okay, what did one of the things he told me uh, about auditioning? Um, oh, yeah. The, he, he, there's a, a, a changeover between auditioning and not having to audition. That's a line that you wish you could get past. Right. I have to audition all the time. Yeah. You're waiting and you say, well, did you have to audition for that? And then, no. I want to, I, I just wanted to call me. And then uh, one day they just, you know, it, does he, it, can he, is he available? Yeah. Does he have to audition? No. And then he calls me, says, do I have to audition? No, uh, he says no, and I go, wow, that's so great! I passed, I crossed over the line, you know. Yeah. And then wow. I said, what is the job? Yeah. And he said, well, it's something, blah blah blah. And I go, oh. He goes, now what? And I go, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. That's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know if I can. I can. I don't know. I, I just nothing matched. Whether I couldn't do it, I couldn't memorize. There's too many lines. I don't know. Though I didn't like it, whatever. Yeah. So I'm thinking, wow, man, I don't know. He goes, yeah. well, what do you mean you don't know? Yeah. Well, it's kind of a weird role. I don't know if I could do it or if I want to do it. I don't know if I want to do it. He says, well, then turn it down. I mean, he was just getting bugged with me on the phone. You right, know? yeah. But bullshit about it. Oh, I don't know. He said, well, then turn it down. I said, well, you know, I don't want to turn it down. I'd never been in this situation where I could actually turn down an offer. You know, I'd never been. Because that's money. That's the rent. Right. Yeah. So he said, Larry, and he got disgusted with me. He goes, Larry, you know, I go, why? Why? He says, if you don't want to do it, turn it down. I said, yeah, but then they'll never hire me again. That's what I thought. Oh. That's how naive I was. Yeah. He said, what do you mean? 
I go, well, you know, turn it down. It's like an insult. Yeah. He said, Larry, you've got to have a no. Yeah. I go, I do. Mm. He said, yeah, you yeah. got to, you've got to be able to say no, man. I right. go, I don't know if I want to say no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying no to the agent. Right. I don't know why. I don't know if I want to yeah. say no. I need the money. And he goes, no, no, that's not the point. He said, if you say no and you hang up the phone for this, you'll feel a lot better. Yeah. Try it. I go, okay, I don't want to do it. I just blitted out. Okay, I don't want to do it. I, I don't want to do it. Okay, I'll tell him that. Thank you. Bye. Click. I hung up the phone and I go, yeah, feels great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I bought it. I totally bought it. And after that, I was turning down everything. <laughs> so I'm cutting into his, his cut. <laughs> because, because I had no aspirations or dreams to be a great actor. You know, Marlon Brando or Brian, Brian Cranston, you know, Robert Downey Jr. No, I, I none of that. I just wanted to rent. And this was an easy way. And then I started, I got hooked into making my own films with the leftover money I had from paying the rent and getting a big salary. So again, I started to start, you know, cause I was now making my own movies, a little film shorts, little funny film shorts. Yeah. So I would take all the, the extra money I was now getting, you know, paying the rent and uh, to, you know, to make movies. So I was back to starving again. So, you know, my life goes in, in cycles and circles, you know, auditioning, not auditioning. Starving, not starving. Wanting to work, not wanting to work. You know, it's just and I and I just take it as it comes. I, I have no my dream is to be independent and I'm living the dream. And Very you, simple. And you said it last time, it was similar to um what you said before about like you wrote the book because it was something to do during COVID. And it was something you well, yes, yeah. Now, uh, let me speak to that. That's interesting yeah. because I think about that a lot. Yeah, I wonder because you know, I, when I wrote the book to make some money so I didn't have to yeah. act anymore and I would just get it out, yeah, and also not remember, but also I wanted to see who I was, yeah, that, that was just a, an inner thing. I mean, there has to be. In my world, anyway, to me, no matter what I do, whether I don't want to do it and I turn it down, or I want to do it and I get it or I don't get it, okay. But whatever I do, and uh, whether it's not doing something, that's doing something, not doing it, it has to have some sort of... The only word that comes to me is a hook. It's a Jewish word. It means feel. But it means this kind of feel. When you feel okay. silk. You, you know. Silk has. It, it means a quality feel. It okay. means something. That's sturdy and. Yeah. You know. And that. So I always. It has to have some meaning. I guess meaning. There you go. Okay. Meaning. Whatever I do or not do. I want to know that it had meaning for me to not do it or do it. Even though I can joke around and say, hey, I want to be independent. or yeah. I, mean, yeah. I can't just 
and even if I say I want to let go, then there has to be a reason that I want to just relax and, and let it flow, you know? Yeah. Relax and float downstream, you know? So, yeah, so there has to be a real, real reason. I'm not just, you know, I'm not stupid. I, I, I'm unfocused, but I'm not stupid. Right. Uh, so, in everything that we talk about, yeah, there, there is an inner drive and a reason because I think it'll further me down the road. I, I guess that's what it is. Yeah. A goal. There is a tiny, even if it's a tiny goal, even if I turn it yeah. down, even if, when I was fucking up in, in, in Ford and saying, yeah. hey, I, you know, no, I don't want to work here. Yeah. And I was being, you know, sarcastic and yeah. funny for the other guys. And, and I thought I'd make him laugh too, but no, he was very serious. But even with the joking around, I knew I'm not going to work here. I mean, yeah, I can be whatever I want. I can be funny. <laughs> because yeah. if I kill it, that's great. That's that's my intent. You know, what what they say on the news all the time. Intent, yeah. intent. Mm, right. The intent right. has got to be there. I always have an intent, even if I don't, if it's unspoken. So, you know, it gives me a little leeway to keep my feet on the ground. And I, I'm just like, I'm not doing that. Right, but it seems to other people that that's what I'm doing, and that's fine with me. No, I, mean, I like it. What you're saying makes a lot of sense, and I mean that where a lot of people would go for a job, or I think would go for an acting job because they want the glitz and glamour, they want their name up on the spotlight, they want to exactly be in there. But they, you know, I, I'd imagine a lot of the actors are genuinely unfulfilled. Yeah, but. The the but is, but then that is their intent to yeah. be a star or to get a lot of money or to, and that's fine as long as you don't take your intent seriously. Mm. You know, right. it's a yeah. serious intent, but don't get all what you you know your underwear in a in a, in a ball or whatever yeah. that is. You know, Man, don't don't slip out good. over it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. So I try to keep uh you know uh, some sort of reality based uh, I, I try not to fly off the handle or get my you know shorts twisted because yeah. something is happening or not happening because of a uh, a decision i made mm. you know I, okay I, I tried i did this it didn't work here's yeah. something else the interesting thing about being an actor though as far as talking like an another actor would yeah it's hard for me but um yeah there just are certain perks you get as an actor and then you got to think oh yeah like i'm in front of the camera and i'm saying my lines and it feels good and i'm working with the people and we're creating something that's going to be cool i hope yeah. um yeah you feel satisfied you think yeah this is the right place i'm doing the right thing at the right time i'm right. comfortable here this is this is good yeah. You know, I could, hey, I could do this forever. Yeah. And then, you know, the, it gets to be quitting time and you go home and you're into other things. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I'm, 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 a, I'm sometimes actor. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense too, because when I was reading the book, one of the things that stuck out, I think you said this in the last interview, and this um, kind of comes out in one of the questions here. You wanted to document everything from when the when the the director says cut to when they say action, 
and document. The, well, yeah, 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 and document the entirety of it. I uh, we have a few uh, points of interest here that I think we would see with some stories, but um, you've you know been through everybody from The Rock all the way back to Lucille Ball. Wow, you know, everyone in between. And, you know, well, like I said, there should be six degrees of Larry Hankin in reality. Yeah. Well, I worked with Rock and I, I had met uh, and worked yeah. with Lucille Ball. Yeah. Do you have any favorite memories of Lucille Ball? I have favorite memories. They're not, they're not, they're not positive memories. They're kind of negative. Oh, but, okay. But that, they're different. And that's why I wrote the book. It's just something different. In other words, I didn't want to write another book. My intent was to show you, yeah, this is the person, and you didn't know this. Right. You know, nothing about sex or any you know, revealing thing. No, it's just that when you work with them, this is what they do. Yeah, and that, did come out. that was kind of interesting. That's in one of your one of the first chapters um, that came out there. But the uh, in Houston, or yeah. Yeah, one the first chapter. Came, yeah, one of them that came out, and then there was also an interesting one that came out. Was I didn't think anybody even knew about this, but the uh, the black and white sitcom about a Norman Rockwellian, eighteen to twenty two year old urban young man, Sid, uh, Sandy. Hey, hey, landlord. Hey, landlord. I didn't think anyone even knew about or even remembered that show. I probably it came in what? Yeah. I, mean, was, I, mean, I think it was on for a year and a half or something. Yeah. I saw the pilot on YouTube once, and it was a joke with my old landlord. Like yeah. Someone <laughs> uploaded it from an old VHS tape, and it's terrible. I mean, it, well, the, the show or the, the VHS tape? The VHS tape recording. It's a it's a recording VH, VHS oh, oh, right, recording yeah. of that. I mean, it, yeah. it is just a terrible recording. But I mean, like I'm like, Larry was in that too. Like, I've been in everything. Yeah, and I mean, do you have any like favorite, any favorite memories from Seinfeld? Well, yeah, I mean, it's in the it's in the book. Yeah, um, uh, um, maybe just one. Well, uh, uh, well, the audition, I guess, was the 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 weirdest. Um, also, working with Michael Richards is kind of weird. I mean, he's a friend. Yeah. We we were friends before Seinfeld ever was a twinkle in anybody's eye, as my mother used to say. Uh, he, uh, Michael Richards, well, uh, there's two weird people in that. Well, everybody's weird. If you have a steady job and you're doing a, a TV episodic, you're yeah. weird. Yeah. Because you have to be, or it makes you weird to do that every day. You know, we Rehearse for, rehearse for four days, shoot the fifth in front of an audience, and you, yeah. Uh, so, Michael Richards just just has OCD focus. I mean, he's just like, and and if you walk up to him in the middle of him practicing something, I mean, you shock him like like you're just waking him up. I mean, I did that once. So he's rehearsing something, you know. So I walked up to him. And I said, uh, "Hey, Richard." He goes, "What? What?" You know, like, like I just woke him up. He was yeah. just doing something. Wow! Uh, and then, and he doesn't take uh, 
he doesn't take a conversation or hints or uh, helpful, you know, mm. helpful information. He 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 won't take any. Uh, I don't know if it's called direction or what or help. I went. I he was trying to figure out how to do the pipe and the newspaper and the doorknob coming in for the audition scene with Kramer when I was imitating Kramer. Yeah. He he then came in at one point. Yeah. Michael as Kramer. So he was rehearsing his scene while everybody else was rehearsing their scene. So I wasn't working at all at the point. So I went in up in the bleachers. And I was just sitting up there. So he didn't notice me watching. So he was just rehearsing, coming in and out of the door. And you know, he's famous for that. So he was trying to make a good entrance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was so I was watching him up in the bleachers. And finally I figured out, you know, maybe a good way to, you know, where the pipe goes, when the paper goes in, when he yeah. you know, he had two hands and three objects. That was the yeah. comedy. So I came down and I just, and he was trying to figure it out. And that's when I walked over to him and said, Hey, Richard, good morning. What? You know, and I, well, you know, I, I was watching you. You were, you were watching me? I mean, he, suddenly he got all weird. You, you were watching me? How long? I don't know, about 20 minutes. I mean, I didn't think it was any big deal. Right. How yeah. long? Yeah. And I go, oh, about 20 minutes. Well, what do you want? Um, and he was like really a, a, a nervous, I mean, yeah. nervous patrol. Yeah. He was, I caught him, you know, with his hand in the cookie jar or something. I don't know. So I said, well, you know, I was watching you do the thing with the, the doorknob and the newspaper and the pipe. So I was thinking maybe you should do that and then this and then that. And he goes, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Okay, and then I just walked away. I, obviously, he didn't want me around there. And then he just disappeared. When I tell you, I walk, I went up into the bleachers. When I turned around, he was gone. Oh, damn. I didn't see him again until it was that scene was up. And then when that scene was up, and he came through the door with the three things, it was nothing like anything that he had been doing for the last twenty minutes, and then disappeared. So he, he's a strange guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in his acting mode, I don't know about off camera, I don't know him that well. And then the other one was, was Larry David. And when I auditioned for him, well, when I auditioned, it was just a whole bunch of people. But there was one bald guy um, who never said anything. I, I auditioned five times for that. And, they, and they're supposed to pay you after three. And they auditioned me five times. And nobody said anything the fourth time, like money. Not even my agent. I, I, I didn't say anything. I figured I wanted to work with, I wanted to be, work on Seinfeld. So I just shut yeah. up. I mean, in other words, I use my sense. Right. I don't just bat. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to work with Seinfeld. I want to do Kramer. I want to do this. I, I You know, that was one of the things where, um, I had to audition, and I wanted to audition because I knew oh. I could nail Kramer, Michael. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were rehearsing, and um, no, I was auditioning, 
And this bald guy never said anything. Every all five times, he never said anything except every time, just as I was about to leave, when the director, who I was auditioning for, Tom, uh, you know, fin was finished with the audition, he'd say, you know, thank you very much, thank yeah. you, and then that's a signal to leave. You know, you know that they all do it. Yeah. Okay, so he says, thank you very much, and I go to leave, and I got my hand on the door to leave. And this bald guy goes, come in the door like Kramer. He just yells that out. Come in the door like Kramer. So I thought it was a, uh, a normal, cool suggestion. If you're going to have to play Kramer, you should be able to come in the door like him. I mean, you're going to imitate him. Do that. Okay. No sweat. Go out. Come in like Kramer. He says, thank you. And then I leave. Oh, okay, fine. Now I get a call back. My agent calls me, calls me, he says, hey, you got a call back. I go, what? Now, here's the difference. I go, what the fuck? What do you mean I got a call back? He goes, right. what's the, yeah, what, what, what's the matter? Yeah. I say, you need to say they didn't hire me? They want me to come right. back and re-audition because they're not sure? What right. the fuck, man? Yeah. I, there's nobody who did it any as good as I did. And nobody came in and out of the door. He didn't tell that to anybody else. I was watching. I was sitting out there. They went in, and when they came out, they went home. Every time I go in, I come out, they call me to tell me to come back in again. to do. So I was really pissed, man. So the, no other actor does that. I do that. I, I take it personally. Yeah. What do you mean I didn't get the job? I was great. You know, I mean, who, who are these people? Right. So, um, and he did that five times. Wow. Didn't say a word, this bald guy. Didn't say a word every time. I And I was sitting out in the, or, you know, in the waiting room. Yeah. None of the other guys, would, they would go in, they'd come out and go home. And then I'd go in and they'd say, go in like, come out, you know, go through the door like Kramer. He did it five times. So on the fifth time, I said, I, I, and I go in on the fifth time. And in my head, I had this, this is my intent. I said, if he tells me to go in, go out and come in again, like Kramer, for the fifth time, I'm just going to tear him a new asshole. That's what I'm going to do. I don't care. I mean, this is just dumb and stupid. He's just right. doing this. Right. Yeah. Uh, he, there's no need for this. And I thought he's abusing his privilege as an uber uberman, <laughs> an overlord. Yeah. Uh, so I go out, and luckily there was a, a um, secretary there, yeah. and, and and sometimes it wouldn't be, something would be. Sometimes you just sign in and sit down and wait for them right. to call you in. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, like twice there was a. This was the second time. It was my fifth time. There was a yeah. secretary there. So I go okay. I go out and I shut the door and I'm ready to go back in. And I said to the, the secretary, just out of the whim, I said, hey, who's the fucking bald guy in there who keeps on telling me to come out and go in like Kramer again because I'm going to rip him a new asshole. Who the fuck is he? Yeah. And she said, oh, that's Larry David. He owns the show. Yeah. I mean, he produces it. He writes it. Yeah. He said, oh, that's Larry David? Yeah. She said, yeah. Oh, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 
I'm unfocused. I'm not stupid. I'm unfocused. No, no, I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I was that myself in my own life, and you realize to go, geez, that's the big boss. Okay, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I went in, and I just did it like Kramer, you know. Yeah, I, I got the job. So, okay. Uh, I, I get this. So there's two things. Well, one is yeah. the intent, and two is... Larry, know what you want and what you don't want. Do you want to term a new asshole or do you yeah. want the job? Right. I, I want the job, not the money, not his asshole. I want the I want the job. I want to do Kramer. I mean, that was like I was focused, yeah. man. And I that mean, I was focused. Yeah, I know you eventually got it. I mean, one of the things that came up from um with with the roles that you've auditioned for, I mean, there's been several great ones. Um, we recently saw you in a movie, Vegas Vacation, uh, playing the preacher, re uh, remarrying uh, Chevy Chase and Beverly. <laughs> excuse me, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo's characters. You know those bit parts in the end. Is there something that I'm kind of curious about this one myself? Is there something that in um, like in the SAG agreements or within the actors unions that you have to be paid certain rates each day? Or is it like because uh, you've been in so many movies, you you command your own rate? Well, the answer to that is no, there isn't that in the contract. That is just a, uh, a chutzpah thing. OK, you, oh, you, wow. you just have to ask for it or you don't ask for it. Yeah. Or demand or saying, I won't. I don't. I went into that where I was the fall. Well, I was the I was a replacement. Yeah. Uh, in Home Alone, uh, right. I, I'd like to talk about uh, the 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 wedding thing, the the, the preacher. But sure. in Home Alone, yeah. I ran directly into that because Daniel Stearns wanted more money. He wanted. He had chutzpah. Yeah. He 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 was a, a co-star with Joe Pesci. Right. And he wanted as much money as Joe Pesci, you know, right. had a chance, Daniel. Yeah. Um, so um, he, he was going to quit. Now, they had been shooting for three days already. Yeah. So Daniel or his agents, I'm sure it was Daniel, thought, well, we'll pull a fast one. He'll now, now that he's on screen, they can't fire him because they have to reshoot you know, all the stuff that they already shot, which is a lot of money. So yeah. maybe, you know, pay him. So he, he quit. He said, I want more money or I quit. And so the producers who had their back to the wall, oh, my God, this will cost us way more money. Let's call Larry Hankin and just replace the fucker. So that's what they did. They called me and they said, Daniel wants more money. And we're going to fire him if he wants more money. So we're going to replace him with you, Larry. So is that cool with you? And I go, sure. Uh, I think that Daniel should stick up for his guns. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he should quit. <laughs> wow. So I could get the job. Yeah. So I think, yeah. Daniel, stick up for your guns, man. Yeah. You, should, you deserve more money. Quit. Yeah. So uh, then they called me back, and this went on for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was yeah. I was already you know buying a house. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were calling back as well. Daniel backed down; he, he won't quit, so he's wow. going to stick with the salary. Yeah. So wow. forget it, Larry. And I yeah. go, oh man, they just Daniel Stearns took a house away from me. 
that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, that's how I handled it. Yeah. It took my house away. So a couple of weeks later, so there, there was that, you know, I, I witnessed somebody trying to pull a fast one and negotiate, you know, uh, because he's a star. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. But a couple of days later, I think it was about a, a month later, they called me again. And I, I now, now I was on the offensive. And they said, now what do you want? You want me, what, Daniel wants to quit again? I'm not going to go through this again. You you deal with it yourself or get somebody else. I'm out of this. Yeah. I don't play games. Well, I don't want to play this game. Right. So they said, no, no, this is for something else. So my agent, uh, who was on the phone, said, okay, here's the deal, Larry. They think, the producers think, and the producers back this up. The producers think that the shoot, Home Alone, written by John Hughes, is cursed because they fucked you around. They screwed around with you. They played with you against Daniel, and they promised you you'd be in it, and then they turned you down, and they think they made bad karma. So they need oh. you in the movie. Now they need you in the movie. I'm like, this is so serious? I said, no, this is really serious. I know it sounds crazy. It yeah. does sound crazy. Yeah. But, but they said, no, they really believe the movie is cursed. I go, well, how can we monetize that? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I, yeah. so I said, so I had said, have... The producers call me back, call yeah. me. Yeah. So they call me and I said, look, I, I, I hear that this the movie is cursed. Yeah. And they go, yeah, this sounds like a joke, but it, it isn't. In other words, things are happening yeah. that are accidents over and over. We can't proceed with the shooting. We have to keep on reshooting stuff. Right. So this is uh, expensive. And uh, we say it's a curse. And it's everybody believes this here where we're shooting uh, in Chicago. Um, so I said, "Well, uh, I don't. I if it's cursed, I don't want to get involved." And they right. said, "No, you have to be to take the the curse off of it." That's that's what we came to the conclusion. It's because what we did to you with the Daniel Stern thing. Yeah. So I said, "I don't know." So he says, "All right, look, Larry. Here's what we'll give you." If you do this, we'll fly you here first class. We'll pick you up in a limo. We'll pick you up at the other end in a limo. We'll deliver you to the set by limo, and we will have the set all ready to go. You get out of the limo, get in your costume, do the shot, get back in the limo. It'll take two hours of your time. Back in the limo, back to the airport, first class, fly back to L.A., pick you up in a limo, back to your house. You will yeah. eat dinner in, and sleep in your own bed the same day. Whoa. And for that, doing that, we will give you $10,000. Will you do it? You bet I will. Right. And so I did. And so I did. So that's the, the other way that they can manipulate you. Just yeah. pay you enough to, hey, yes. Yeah. <laughs> And that convinced me to, because I wouldn't have done it until he got to the $10,000. Right, yeah. I mean, it was you know, about the first class. That was very nice. I could yeah. brag about it. 
yeah. but the ten thousand dollars was the cap, <laughs> was oh. sealed the deal. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, things like that come up. Yeah. You know, where you now I never, I never pulled a Daniel Stern. Yeah. Where I go, hey, pay me more money. It was either, how much is this? You know, what does it pay? And I, I need the money. I'll do it. I want to make a, a film. I'll do it. I need the rent. I'll do it. Or I'm not making a film. I don't need the rent. No. Yeah. Or I want to do it because it's Kramer, and I want to do Kramer. Yeah. You know, it. it uh, so there's a lot of factors involved, and probably other factors on me too. I mean, yeah, I too many words yeah i have i'm a dyslexic so i i can't remember too many words yeah. you give me too many words it all looks like just a bunch of letters yeah that's what happens if you give me and vince gilligan did that to me on uh, breaking bad yeah he, he thought i was such a good actor that yeah. he wrote a that he had a writer yeah. Yeah. write me an a, a monologue yeah a full page Oh, full page man. monologue gave it to me yeah. two hours before I shot. What? Not gonna happen. No. Not gonna. I can't. I'm dyslexic. Yeah. Uh, I didn't cop to it in this particular instance because I also wanted to do Old Joe. I loved Old Joe. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do it, and I, I didn't. I, I couldn't memorize. I tried for about an hour. I tried. It just was all letters. Yeah. Uh, with little spaces in between, but I, I couldn't read it. I couldn't memorize it. Yeah. So I, I improvised it, and it worked. I improvised. Uh, I, I read as much as I could. I memorized as much as I could, but it wouldn't it wouldn't go in. I need like three days for a, a monologue. I need three days. So when I when I went out there, and, and the director said, because I'd done a really good scene that I memorized, a very short scene with Brian in the yeah. morning. Yeah. This was in the afternoon. And that was really great. Brian loved it. The director loved it. Yeah. And it was written, and I had rehearsed it and memorized it. So it was really great. So he was looking forward to doing this monologue with me in the afternoon, the director. But I couldn't memorize it, and I didn't tell him. So when I got out there, he said, I said, I worked it out. I said, well, can we do it in, in pieces? You know, I figured I could memorize hunks. Yeah. So, you know, you go out of him, then you go to him, then you go to me, and while you're doing him and him, I'm memorizing. Come yeah. to me, memorize, memorizing. So he, he, he looked at me, he goes, because here's what I said to him. I said, yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, you know about shooting this uh, monologue? He goes, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. I go, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, uh, I know how to shoot this. And he was just blown away. Yeah. Not in a good way. Yeah. He goes, You know how to shoot this. You. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. And he was just like, really? I mean, he he couldn't believe my merity, my my just balls. My bless. I'm talking to the director, telling him I'm gonna direct yeah. this scene. This bit day player. He goes, really? Okay, let's hear this. Yeah. Well, how how do how do we shoot this scene, Larry? So I'm telling him, yeah, we break it up, blah blah blah. Now that's impossible because even if you broke it up, yeah. when they shoot it, they shoot it all you, all you, or you, and they put it together, breaking it up in the editing room. Right, right. Yeah. So you know, 
So he's like, in awe and just blown away. I'd like to hear this. How are you going to shoot? I said, well, we'll break it up, you know. And he goes, oh, yeah. No, no, we're going to do the walk and talk, Larry. You're going to get down there about 100 feet down there, and you're going to do all of it all at once. You're going to walk towards the camera. When you get to the camera, you're going to stop. We're going to put you in a limo, send you home. One take, you're out of here. It'll take about 15 minutes in your home. How about that? Wow. And I'm thinking, mm, it's not going to work. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Well, okay, but I said, he said, is that okay? Uh, and I said, yeah, sure, it's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't cop to it. I just, I, and I, and I remember, you know, I've been uh, like a year and a half in, in the committee in, in Second City. So I, yeah. I was an improviser. And I had, I, I really had no idea that that, I, picturing the whole monologue in my head and i really had no idea that that was improv that that scene that i'm talking about you know the scene i'm talking about i'm running it as you're saying it i've been seeing it I've been, uh, okay okay this is great because you you set yourself up for my next go ahead. thing that i'm going to tell go right ahead man <laughs> great yeah Perfect. So I wouldn't cop to it. And he goes, get down there. Yeah. And I did. And I'm thinking, I'm going to improvise it. This is going to be so cool. Yeah. I, you know, this is me, Junty Jolly. So he gets down there. He says, you ready, Larry? And I go, yeah. He says, okay. And action, Larry. So um, now I'm going to tell you what I did. And you're going to not believe it. Okay. Because, All right. Because... I'll tell you in front, the scene that you're picturing that I'm in, that we're talking about, yep. that scene that I'm in with one, two, three other big, big time players. Yep. I'm in that scene for nine seconds. You don't know that, do you? No. No, he's in the whole scene. No, I'm not. I'm hardly in that scene at all. If you blink, you'll miss me. How is that possible? I'm going to tell you. Because okay. is magic. Right. And this is turned me on to making my own films. What I did was, I improvised. No, there's no getting around that. He goes, okay. He says, Larry, start 100 feet down there. Right on. And when you say your last line, finish your last line right here. And the camera is right here, you know. Yeah. Okay. So just walk and talk. And when it's in, we'll put you in the car. Okay. And action, Larry. So I knew the first line. Yeah. And about half of the second line. Yeah. Maybe the second. Okay. So I go, blah, 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 blah. And now all I told myself for this improv. Now, I had read the, read the script. So I knew I had to keep the, the cop out of the Winnebago. Right. That, that I knew the character had to do. Yeah. So I said to myself, keep talking, don't stutter, keep talking and walking, don't yeah. stutter. That's all I said to myself. Okay. And I started talking, blah, 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 blah. Now what, and I, I went blah, 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 keep talking, don't stutter. 
and and I did remember the last line when I got to the end. So I just said the last line when I got near the camera. And the director said, that's great, Larry. Let's do one more. We got just for insurance. We got it in the can. Thank you. Get back there. Did I memorize the whole thing? He didn't, he didn't blink. He didn't say nothing. I, I had fired me in my Winnebago. Yeah. My, right. my, you're fired, so relax. Yeah. There are other jobs. Now go improvise. That yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. They keep talking and don't stutter. Yeah. Okay. So now when I watched the and I did it again. And I did the same thing again. I, I now you can't improvise the same thing because you're making it up. Right. But I just keep yeah. talking and don't stutter. Yeah. I did the exact same keep him out of the Winnebago. Said the last line. He said, "Great, thank you very much, Larry's dismissed. Thank you, Larry. Put me in the limo, took me away." Now I go, "What the fuck, man? I said it different both times, so it can't be a memory. I, I couldn't remember what what the fuck is going on." So I had to wait two yeah. weeks. I called the production. I said, "When is it going to show?" Yeah. Okay, so I watched it. I told my friends, "Watch it because I'm going to test you on it afterwards." Yeah. So you watched it. You're one of my friends. Here's what went down. I said, what did you see? You and him, you and the three guys, you were all in the scene. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. You were talking and walking, and you were saying, gotta stay out of the Quinnebago. No, that's not what you saw. What did I see? Okay, what you saw is this. What you saw, Nick, is this. Yeah. I said the first two lines. Yeah. Right. I'm on screen. They cut to the cop. Blah, blah, blah. You hear me saying, cut inside to the window, Brian, cut to Aaron, back to the cop, blah, 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 cut to me. It takes two seconds to say one line or maybe three seconds to say two lines. Dude. So three seconds, one, blah, 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 in cop, Winnebago, cop, Winnebago, back to me. Three seconds, blah, 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 when I said something that fit perfectly. Back to the Winnebago, one, two, cop, one, two, me, third time. Two sentences, bang, 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 I'm at the end, said the last line, out. Nine seconds, maybe ten. And what magic is, you watch it, you see, nine seconds. You hear my voice and what he did and what he knew, because I found out later that director wrote the monologue. So he knew the third sentence I said that I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah. And he never cop to it either. So neither of them knew it. But he knew what he was going to do. He said, this yeah. guy couldn't remember it. Okay, I will just have him do it again and cut it together and it's my voiceover that you hear. But when you hear in movies a voiceover, you see the person talking yeah. in your head. That's right. what you saw. Dude. That's a myth in my mind. When, when my friend said what you said, yeah, it was you. And I said, no, I wasn't in that scene. <laughs> yes, you were. Well, nine seconds I was in. Oh, Maybe. my God. Three-minute scene, so nine seconds is like, you know, that yeah, much. Yeah, it's like my brain is spinning on that information. That's well, me too. Plus, I improvised it. Yeah. You know. That's and I, yeah, 
it's uh, that 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 I'm proud of. Is the time when I stood on my own petard? I stood on my own petard yeah. <laughs> instead of being. <laughs> <laughs> now I, we have one last question that came up, and this came from a friend of the show, Brian, who watched our last one. We we interviewed you, and the interview came out on Christmas Day. Wanted to know something you mentioned very quick. I don't know if anyone's ever asked you, what is the process of your paintings? The paintings behind you. Yeah, you're oh, process. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's what I do. I'm a painter. I mean, that's why I saw design, industrial design. I focused on design. My parents yeah. focused on industrial. And right. when I showed up, it was math and calculus and engineering. So yeah. that's another reason why I didn't want to you know, work there. Okay. So um, my paintings. Um, the process is very simple. I use Photoshop. Those are prints. They're not paintings. They're prints. And I, I do it on my computer yeah. in Photoshop, an old, old Photoshop, not the new one, the, the probably yeah. the first. Uh, I, I do about, I have about 40 or 50 of these. Uh, those, and I just blow them up. So they're just, you know, about that big. Yeah. About you know, three by two by two by four. Something yeah. like that, yeah. And um, I blow them up and take them to a uh, not a print shop. That's not uh, you know like a a photo that that you have to go to um, or those uh, you have to go to a museum print shop. You oh. know where they if a, an artist does prints, yeah. they have to be printed by a quality you know yeah. by an art art place, not by a. Yeah. Photoshop place right. so, to an art place. Then they printed them up, they blew them up. And I have about 40 of them on my website, thereallarryhankin.com. Yep. And you can get them any size because they're prints, they're, you know, digital. So those are about 400 a piece, $400 a piece. But you can get them, you know, small for about, you know, 20 bucks, whatever. Nice. I, I don't know the prices. I don't follow me. Yeah. I, I find out about me through podcasters. Is, is there, we've got to, we're going to put that down in the show notes. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely down in the show notes. They're giving a definite podcast term there. But is that an outlet for you where it's like the. the yeah, that in writing. Anything that's not acting, anything that's not memorizing or auditioning is my, is my outlet. Yeah. You know? Going to see movies, riding my bike, learning to play the guitar. Yeah, uh, I have millions of outlets, so I never get really bored. When I I get when I get bored, it's kind of like a a, a, um, a mini mini depression, you know. Right. Oh, man, okay, I'm painting again because I'm you know too too long in between gigs, waiting yeah. around. Okay. I'll just uh, or I make a, a movie or whatever. You know, hang with friends. Uh, yeah, so I have a lot of things that I do. My computer is full of those things. Yeah. I mean, I brought 40 of them, but I got about 500. I just do my spare time, you know, like I'll be sitting at my computer. That's that's the, the, the evil of the Internet. Yeah. You know, lost in it, man. I, you know, I spend yeah. hours. You know, yeah. Oh, what happened to the time? Yeah. Oh, that's that's happened plenty of times with me. 
I can tell yeah, you. So I'm I'm kind of down on the yeah on the internet. Um, yeah, I get you. All right, man. Well, Larry, we want to thank you for coming back again. Once again, okay. his book here, that guy. Guy on Amazon. Yeah, cautionary tale on Amazon. The life here of Arlie Butts, Strova, Mr. Heckles, Old Joe, Sergeant Balzac, and Tommy P. Everybody here, and he's been everywhere. And again, if you do not know who this man is, you do. You know, like we've said in many podcasts before, you know who this man is. Larry, thank you so much for joining us, Movie Theater Time. Thank you. Okay, goodbye. I got to talk to that guy who we were talking to before. <laughs>